This is the Game Jesters Gaming Update Podcast, here again with another episode, episode 9, with Lord Shamrock again, and Angrod, your host. So, we have, last week we didn't have much to touch on, this week we have a lot of stuff to touch on, so we're going to cram quite a bit in in this little episode. So we're going to start it up firing away, you want to take it away with what you, uh, the starting up here, Shamrock? Yeah, absolutely. We do have quite the action-packed show for you today, so I do encourage everybody to listen to the... Well, I encourage you all to listen to the end anyway, but (laughs) in general, if any episode that you listen through all the way, it is this one because we have lots to talk about, and I don't want to waste too much time with talking about what we have to talk about, so I'm going to get into the news that we do have. Uh, If you didn't know today... Resident Evil 2, that's a big game that's coming out at the end of this month. And today they released a one-shot, that's what they're calling it, Resident Evil one-shot, Resident Evil 2, by the way, to clarify for those who didn't know, one-shot 30-minute demo. You have 30 minutes to play basically what it sounds like, a level of Resident Evil 2, and it gives you a 30-minute experience. A lot of other games have done this with the trial thing in the past, and it's kind of worked out well. Now, I didn't get to download it, and I know you did, and I also know that you got to watch the gameplay stream that was also going on. So yeah, could you just tell us a little bit more about it and what we can expect with that game? So what you can expect is pretty much exactly what you're expecting to expect. From Resident Evil 2, it plays almost the same way with really good graphics. You get to start off where you pick Claire or Leon, and you start off the campaign. When you pick the one, you go through. Each of them start out with their own different kind of setting. And so when I was playing through, it's they brought back a lot of old things. Like uh, It's more of a horror game, like they've been saying. Uh, you need to preserve your ammo more. It's not just a shooter. Zombies don't really die that easy anymore. You need to there's uh you need to get the ribbons and saving is rare which is kind of good because they brought it back from old Resident Evil which makes it more scary but a little bad because when I play games I like I only get like maybe an hour or two a day so I need to go through do what I can save it and now my saving is really limited so that might be a flaw well not a flaw but like something that'll affect me but other people seem to really like this. Well, I think that that could, like you mentioned, you touched upon the whole save thing. I, I kind of, for me, the kind of gamer I am these days, because of other obligations, I, you know, I do play a lot of games in short bursts. So the save thing does concern me a bit, but I'm wondering if that's going to have to alter my approach to this game. Am I yeah. going to have to have two hours compared to having 35 minutes to, you know, complete a chapter yeah. or what? Not 30, well, a chapter, but you know what I mean, like a part of the. Until yeah. I get to a checkpoint or otherwise save point. The game will mostly be instead of a quickly play right after work for a little bit, it's more of a weekend binge when you have like eight hours a day to just kill playing the game. It'll be more of that type of game. So with that being said, since it's that type of game, what are the other, I mean, there's, okay, well, let's talk about Resident Evil 2 initially, originally came out in, uh, what was it, the late 90s, early 2000s, 1999 was it? Or... I my my brain's a little seven, but let me recheck um, here. Okay, yeah, because I'm trying to remember between the late '90s and now. Obviously, there's been a lot of advances in how we game and the types of game, you know, the type, the way we approach games. So it's no longer just a complete single player sitting in your living room in the dark experience. So what did they say about I about the typical on type of online experience we're gonna have with this game? Is do we have an online co-op? 
No, there will not be. It's going to be full single player. I don't even believe that they're adding a multiplayer mode like they usually do where they like hmm. cop out. I'm pretty sure this is fully single player unless they add something later, but I doubt they'll add any kind of co-op because they make it more like horror kind of base. And more the like the thing. traditional Resident Evil roots yes. of being. Exactly. So it's kind of like a complete upgrade in the sense that we now have these beautiful, stunning HD 1080p 4k graphics depending on your tv yeah and and you get that kind of graphics to see the liquor coming right at you and (laughs) in the uh the one shot they did have like the um, the big i I believe in the original resident evil 2 was a statue that came to life came at you this one they made it more realistic lifelike and he's this big massive guy charging you with liquors all around and zombies chasing you and it's a little more intense for the- so we're gonna crap our pants basically it's gonna be that old school it's gonna be like what you always wanted resident evil to be when you were back 20 years ago yeah pretty and- much you never thought, you know, games could look as amazing as they do now and back when we thought resident <laughs> evil 1 looked amazing compared to the I graphics mean, now <laughs> back then it does but now <laughs> it did i i so thought much. i remember playing three and thought wow this looks so lifelike and now i smack myself thinking that looked lifelike yeah, but we, we didn't know any better we, I, i've done that a lot i i got a lot of games and i'm like why 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 so <laughs> yeah but so, um so is that uh, what what else anything else we have about resident evil 2 or is that pretty much the gist well, of it here well they're definitely i know a lot of people have been asking there definitely will not be vr support for this game like there was with seven which brought in the horror aspect but this one will not support it because it's a uh, second person shooter type of game yeah you know i don't think i would want uh honestly i don't think i would want vr in this particular to stay as faith to stay faithful to the original without straying too far from it i don't think i would for me just for me I, i wouldn't i mean it would be cool but i don't think just to stay true to the the its roots, I would I cut it. Yeah, no, so it won't have that, and the campaigns will play like usual. You pick one Leon and Claire, you play through the full game, finish it up, and then you uh, unlock the next person's playthrough, which will change slightly compared to who you start with. If you start with Leon, or you start with Claire, the finishing the game with one of them changes the other's campaign a little bit, depending on mm. who you do first. So it's definitely one that we are going to check out. I mean, I know I'm planning on getting it. I may not get it to a particularly launch date, but it is something yeah. I've been looking forward and wanting to play. I know that you are a much bigger Resident Evil fan than I am, so yeah. I know you're definitely getting it. <laughs> Played them all, watched them all, but yeah, I think I might be in the same boat. I really want this one, but I think I'm going to wait for a price drop or a sale, and then I'm going to jump in. I-, I might do a red box of it for like two nights and see, get a feeling of it, you know. Yeah, uh, do you like that the, the the three or two? What is it to rent a game now? A Redbox oh, three dollars or whatever. I done do that it in a while. Um, you know, before I renew my eventual GameFly subscription. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right, so moving on from Resident Evil, then if we have nothing else to touch upon on that, uh, completely shifting one eighty here. I've been noticing a lot of flack about 
Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, speaking of Nintendo Switch, I don't see Resident Evil 2 coming to Nintendo Switch, but, you know, never say never. Maybe Japan will get it as a cloud game. You never know at this point. Yeah, in uh, like two years, they'll be getting it. In two years. <laughs> um, but no, Nintendo Switch Online has been met with some criticism. And in some ways, I do feel the criticism is kind of warranted because Nintendo does what Nintendo wants to do. Yeah. And uh, so basically... You know, you're paying, all the companies are charging for online, and um, Nintendo's is the cheapest at $20 a year, and you're basically just getting access to online gameplay. They do, however, have the NES library, not the complete library, because there's a thousand games in the NES library, and some of them are, you know, licensing issues that they will never see the light of day again. And other ones are just completely owned by someone else that they will also never see the light of day. But they started the service, you know, with 20 launch games on the NES, which are pretty much similar to what was on the NES Classic. And then for, they were adding three three games a month for the next couple of months. And so now, where this month we have uh, the Legend of Zelda 2. Link's Awakening. I almost said Link's Tale. Link's Tale, huh? Link's Tale. And Master Blaster, which... Both are interesting games. I know a lot of people did not like the side scroll. I just call it the side scrolling Zelda because yeah, it's more that's... of an RPG like style for it. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that. That was a big turnoff for some people. I actually enjoyed it. I, I wasn't going to say it's my favorite game of all time, but what I yeah. wanted to touch upon in in this was um, the criticism that Nintendo is facing with this because a lot of times, if you notice, you go on their YouTube and you see the the page and you see. It's got anything about Nintendo Switch Online always has more dislikes to likes. So people are kind of speaking up in some regard. And now a lot of the question is, though, are they not giving us enough? And first of all, what is enough to be giving us anyway? Because I know, you know, Sony and Xbox, they do offer current games that, you know, they give away for free each month. And um, they have things that, you know, Nintendo doesn't have on their things as far as, you know, communication, voice chat, and um, without using an app. And uh, yeah, so those are some pretty big things, too, in online gaming. Uh, yeah. And uh, the ability to take to create parties. So I'm just wondering, as you and how much is it people bitching and moaning because they, you know, they're not, you know, they want everything. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing people complain about is uh, you knew Sony was going that route and Xbox has started that route. But everyone, the biggest thing they always back saw Nintendo with was that they never went, they were all for online free. And then once they finally went that route, I guess that's where there was finally like a cop out thing and people didn't like that. And that might be why people are complaining, making mountains out of hills, the saying goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I got the Nintendo Switch subscription because it was $20. It wasn't going to break the bank. I mean, while I, I'm not the hugest fan of a lot of NES games, especially today, I mean, I, I did like the ability to play some of them. And, uh, you know, I would like to see them add, you know, SNES, N64. I think that'd be great if they expanded on that route and, you know, hit us in the nostalgia in the nostalgia pants. Yeah, and, uh, and that's the biggest selling point for the Nintendo right lately. Pretty much. And, um, games. But I do think some of it is justified in the way that, you know, I don't mind using a voice app to sound... I mean, I know it's kind of goofy. It's not the worst thing, because before 
we had native voice chat on consoles, people were using things like Skype. I, we did it. We did it back on early PS3 days. Yeah. Uh, when we were true. playing Two Worlds, I think it was, or something like that, or... Uh, can't remember the game we were playing but (laughs) hunted the demon forge that's what it was demon forge hunted and marine was getting stuck on the roof i remember (laughs) um (laughs) but yes so i mean that's not what necessarily bothers me but i do think you know some of it is justified because you know they they should be doing some of the things that they're not doing uh not necessarily the voice but messaging just give us a damn the wii u had messaging and no one used that thing so (laughs) there's no excuse in 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 2019 for that 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 that's but but the the cheap price i like so (laughs) yeah it's cheap and i do like that uh the wii u has become a term to use for when something flops i I kind of find (laughs) that a little funny when (laughs) when something does bad and it's like don't be pulling a wii u don't be pulling a Wii U. And it used to be before it was uh, uh, the Dreamcast. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now this new gen, it's moved on. Speaking from... of Wii U, though, if you have an unopened Wii U, if you have a brand new Wii U, you can make some bang and buck off that right now. Uh, recently sold ones on eBay are going anywhere from 500 to to $1,000, which is huh. crazy. That is kind of wild. Um, so I'm starting to wonder if like, I should have bought an Ouya back in the day. You know, for ninety nine dollars, and then have kept it unopened, and then maybe two years from now, people will be like wanting an Ouya. <laughs> maybe <laughs> who the hell wants an Ouya? Nobody. Hey, um, you but... never know. That's how things go. But I so do. I'm thinking maybe maybe keep an eye on the next console flop, and then see what it is, and <laughs> maybe buy it and then hold it. But since we're on, I do have a little to add to the Nintendo news. So you saw it was um. After Switch came out, and the former president, let's hope I don't butcher his name here, Satura Iwata. Satura Iwata, yes. Yeah, uh, there we go. One of the main leads on creating the Nintendo Switch. And he had passed away just shortly after the Switch came out. And well, now, it was before. It was right before. Right the before? Switch. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, before. So he didn't, get to, he didn't get to see the birth of the Switch, but he, he, he did see it to the end from what I know as far as the production and everything. But anyway, c- continue with what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now, now we got Nintendo's new president. The um, man, here's another one. I hope I don't butcher, but this Shantaro, one I don't know the guy's name. Shant- I don't know this guy's name. So, <laughs> the, Shantaro Furukawa, he's taking over Nintendo, and unlike Awata, he has no history in gaming, no like mm-hmm. past with it, no dedication to it. So, um, Furuwaka Fur- Furukawa. Sorry about that. He has no history with it. He has he's just a businessman, the business type right out of business school, like he's a literal walking suit kind of guy. And now he's been um he's been talking about branching Nintendo out more away from gaming. So I heard something about that as far as um you know there's to take, there's always first of all, three years there's always been the discussion Nintendo's getting out of the console business and uh, well, now they're talking about, you know, the future of maybe, depending on how gaming shifts, if a console is going to even be a sustainable business model, say, 10, 15 years from now. So See, there's that. Yeah. 
And, and that's, uh, that's the big thing with his interview he just had where he said, uh, I mean, it could be good, but it could also be bad because he kind of mentioned he has kind of no, he's the president of a gaming company, but he kind of says he has no interest in gaming, really. He's kind of just there to keep the money I, I coming. Think, I think as years continue, I think Nintendo will more or less start to become more of an entertainment company because they're branching out that way now. If you look at their deal with Universal, now they're getting serious about doing an actual movie like an actual, uh, what was it? Was it uh, I don't think it was a Mario movie, but it was, oh God, it was some kind of live, at, not live, at, CGI type thing. Not just Detective Pikachu, but something else was supposed to be in the works. And uh, something like, to, to relation from the same studio that did Minions, supposed to be a Nintendo-based type movie with Nintendo characters. I don't remember much about it. I didn't really look into it yet. Uh, but that, you know, that's a good question is, will they go that route in the future? Yeah. And I mean, it's all depends on like the leader of their company. And now that we had a business guy instead of a gaming guy like Awata take over, it might change Nintendo's future after the switch. The next, uh, I mean, what I, I do, I mean, I, with all due respect to I, Mr. Iwata, he was a, you know, a great visionary. He carried a lot of, um, but you know, a lot of, um, he did a lot of wonderful things too for the company too. When the Wii U was a failure, was a complete failure, he like cut his salary in half so you know his 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 workers could actually have <laughs> you know yeah. money, um, yeah. which is huge and un- uncommon for uh, you know. But yeah, you know, look at Blizzard doing the complete opposite right now. <laughs> but like to have an actual business guy behind the commands, that's not a bad thing because Nintendo is having one of their most successful times right now i mean the switch has become uh in, at least in the u.s become the fastest selling console as far as to reach the number it reached not the highest selling but the fastest yeah, to get fastest to, the number. to get to the number uh so i mean so there is th- things you would have never thought you would have heard five years ago when the wii u was failing failing you would have never heard oh nintendo fastest selling i mean See, that was switch- just unheard of the Switch also so, had a good idea of Xbox and PlayStation come out together, so you had those fans split buying them. Nintendo mm-hmm. waits six years after they're already launched to bring their next one out, so they have no competition right now. But, it's you know, they're of- also going to need an upgrade at some point because when Xbox Scarlet comes out and uh, PlayStation 5 comes out, you know, now Nintendo, Nintendo's, the Switch is... Switch is like kind of below this. I mean, it is below the specs of the current, but I mean, it's not that far off to where it's like, you know, uh, the Wii. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but when the next consoles come out, I know Nintendo's not too focused on power, but they're going to need something, especially if right now they're starting to secure more third party support. They're going to maybe need something that's going to be able to, 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 this is where if Streambase actually goes and kicks off and works well and our internet here in the U.S. actually works with it, and we would, I still believe we need to upgrade our internet here in the U.S. before we can go this route. But- it's going to take a while for that. It's going to because you have people in Montana who still are using dial-up. So, yeah. And there's parts of that state where, where DSL is you know still being added in. Yeah. So, but, but I, mean, I, I may be does- exaggerating a bit, but I mean it's... Yeah. But when it does finally take off, Streambase would be the ideal. That's when Nintendo will really have like shine their brightest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I let's let's see. I, we'll see what the future holds for that. Did you have anything else to add to the Nintendo discussion? No. 
No, that was all for my Nintendo. Oh, just this, thing. okay. Just, I was like, because I I was wrapping up my Nintendo thing there. I was like, I was, I was just talking about Nintendo Switch Online. I did want to casually mention uh, the Yoshi game got a release date, um, and then an old game, Dragon's Dogma, it's coming. And that was about it. That's the only thing I had on the Nintendo front. Uh, yeah. This week, so if we shift into our next, which is another, this is the 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 podcast of one eighties tonight. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flipping around, what is that? I think you have your controversial topic going on now. Yes, we have a controversial, controversial, con- trigger warning. <laughs> um, that's my trigger warning sound. We're going to record that, and we're going to play it every time there's a trigger warning. There we go. Uh, we got this. <laughs> so there's a game that's supposed to be coming out in alpha. This week, this coming week, on the 15th, it's supposed to be a real game. A lot of people are saying it's a, a troll type thing. It's not a real game. But the developers are dead set and saying it's a real game. I don't quite remember what it's called, but I'm calling it the controversial Jesus game. Because uh, it's like Jesus comes back or something. But the reason it's controversial is because it is basically you can play as famous people like Jesus and parodies of world leaders like uh, uh, Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump and Hitler and all these like famous world leaders who are considered to be, you know, not necessarily the best people, but uh, they are also in the game. It targets various minority groups and the developers are saying that it's supposed to be more like a satire, a satirical take on, you know, things like that, like how, you know, how politically correct we've become without being a politically charged game. So, but um, like things like, you know, social justice warriors, feminism, LGBT type people, religious, overly religious groups, uh, things like that. Um so the, the, the objective of the game is to go around basically and you play as these characters and it's like a shooter type game. So because of that, it's been getting a lot of um, heavy criticism. So my question to you that I ask though with this and any of the viewers is, um, is it possible that a game like this could actually be, without judging it for the controversy, can it actually be a good game? Can it be a game that's, you know, plays well, has a coherent story, and doesn't look like trash. <laughs> so is that like is that a possibility? And or will people just be too surrounded by the controversy, and will the game, you know, not even See, be good? So I don't know. I think this is a hatred situation all over again. When hatred came out, that was a game that really hit on. It was like a you pretty much you wake up and you go outside and you just start. It's kind of had a cool trailer but you just go around shooting random people and it got banned immediately and because it was supporting it was on all the problems that we currently had at the time that were Uh big and so i think this game kind of hits on that again all the big problems that are going on the game name is uh jesus strikes back judgment jesus strikes back judge i could not remember for the life of me but you know what this also isn't the first time a game like this has been there's been I mean, there's been way worse games than this. Let me just say that. I yeah, mean, look at Manhunt um, and way worse. So, um, like, what was it? 14 years ago, back in 2005, which is wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a game based off of the Columbine shootings, 
And name escapes me right now. I think it was something Columbine Massacre RPG. Don't quote me on that. Hmm. Um, but and it was you played basically as the the Columbine shooters, and you basically reenacted that day. And uh, hmm. the game was low key for a while. But it wasn't until there was another school shooting, which happened the year after the game got released. Can't remember where it happened, but the shooter allegedly had played that game. And that's where the media twisted it and made it be like, oh, hey, you know, this was the cause of that. So regardless of whether the game was controversial or whether it was actually, I I mean, it didn't really look like a great game, so let's not be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, but then there was also the other side of it where people praise the game not for its violent content, but for bringing its awareness to the topic of violence in that regard and as a discussion piece. So something that we should start looking at in more of a, you know, more yeah. of a way to talk about it and not as a, oh, this is just violent and trash. So, I mean, I don't. You know, whatever objection aside you have, you know, we would have of the game or not have of the game. I don't know if it could be if there's anything that could be educational about it or maybe if it has some sort of value to it, then it I mean, let's just say this, this, these games developers that do this kind of thing, they are within their rights to do that. They are absolutely 100 percent in their rights to make a game like that, regardless of how controversial we might see it. They are absolutely, that is why, you know, we have the freedoms we have. So. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how it does when it comes out. I'm just wondering if it's going to be real and if it's going to be, you know, a thing that, um, I don't know. I, I, I just wanted to touch upon it a bit. Cause I know it, I, I try I wanted to just be like, Oh, Hey, you know, this is something to talk about. And, uh, I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow it and see how it does post release and then see what kind of updates we have in the future. See if it gets. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be game of the year, but. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep us updated. And let us know. Yeah, and you know I, I and to go without saying, I, I would never you know want to see people, you know, in a situation where, you know they they felt you know I don't think it's a situation where people are gonna be getting targeted. I think it's more you know of these people, they have their game and it's either going to be a terrible game that's going to be controversial, or maybe it's not going to be a terrible game that's controversial. And that's pretty much it with that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I know you had something about Sony. Sony. You yeah. Now we got to go a little more lighthearted here because now we're... <laughs> yeah, a little more. Well, first I'm going to start off uh, Xbox really quick. Since it's just one, oh, little quick, one little quick thing, then I'll jump into Sony here. If, um, if you're an Xbox Game Pass and Microsoft Rewards Point member, then January is looking like it's a good month for you. They have seven exclusive quests on, are available for subscribers for both programs. You can um, then turn them around and spend them on your for like memberships or DLC or anything. There's 2,100 points up for grabs this month. The deadline, oh, yeah, the deadlines kind of vary, but uh, some are tied into like specific games. Like I know the Division, Metro 2033 Redux, and Metro Last Light. That's the new Metro is coming out. They put a lot in those ones now. 
See, Microsoft needs to promote this more. I, they've been very low-key with this rewards program. Yeah, I guess they've been and, quiet out with it. Actually, Sony's been quiet with their rewards program, too. Sony actually has this going around, too. and They keep theirs quiet as well. Well, I know Sony had kind of a philosophy on it a while ago where they weren't really sure of how, like, it kind of, you know, if it was an advantageous thing for their consumer. And uh, so I know they've been a little bit more low key with theirs because of that. And I, I you know, there's a, a whole article I was reading. I can go into more detail about it, but I'd have to pull up the link and I don't have time to do that right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I know, I think, especially Microsoft, as they go ahead to their next generation, that's something I think they should start pushing more because they, you know, that might give them a little bit of an advantage over competition. Yeah. Everyone loves rewards. Everyone loves free stuff. Everyone loves yeah. getting points. And, and every absolutely. time you mention low-key, it keeps making me think of the Avengers over and over again. <laughs> low-key. Speaking, of the, Avengers, low key. Um, speaking um, of the Avengers, wait. I'm just going to throw out a uh, little spoiler in case you don't want to hear this. Skip ahead 10 seconds. The Avengers 5 endgame is really big rumored and that Hugh Jackman might return the role of Wolverine to come back for the Avengers 5 movie. I mean, I, I could see it. They pay him enough, and absolutely, and, and that's Disney right there. Only both now. I mean, it's going to be huge regardless. But if they get Hugh Jackman in that, then <laughs> yeah, that movie will skyrocket. I mean, I would love it so much if he came. And then back box for office it. records will be smashed again. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, what did you say? We was uh, we had Xbox. Um, then, I know we with Xbox we have a. I don't have any. I had updates last week about you know their their new approach to doing things. They're considering the whole streaming console and then having two forms of their Scarlet and all this. So and they're being slightly confusing right now. But I'm hoping yeah. something they do something that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I just had their Game Pass. That this month is a good month to get the points. That's all I really want to touch upon with them. This so far. Well, I'm gonna keep an eye. I did mention earlier that I was what xbox is doing because i know they are like i said they're doing something with like four different they're planning four different consoles basically right now two of them you know are geared towards the next generation with you know basically having the scarlet and then an even more powerful version of whatever the scarlet's going to be and then you know having their stream their their discless one which would be a first time that any of the gaming consoles are really doing discless the main gaming consoles i should say yeah uh, i know i mean no disrespect to steam machine or <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but i mean but yeah i mean we'll see what that goes too but you were saying something about sony yeah sony and... so now sony they hit there as the end of 2018 they hit the 90 million mark selling 91.6 units by the end wow. by the end of december of 2018 they sold five yeah. I was just saying, it's 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 not it's not surprising. It's not surprising at all. But what the thing was about a year or two, ago, wondering, you know, maybe three years ago, was will it surpass the PS3? And then that was kind of debate. It was questionable. People only thought it would maybe max out at eighty million seventy five. So it's kind of yeah. interesting to see that it's you know it's still going strong. Like, it was looking like everyone was setting a trend where every new gen was selling less and less until this yeah. one hit. Now they even sold five million alone during the holiday sale, and that was eighteen million for the whole year of twenty eighteen. 
So I mean, I think this is the year they'll trickle down a bit, but I mean, it'll still. Oh yeah, this week. Well, even I, I even did a little judging and I did calculations based on how much consoles usually sell in the average decline rate of all the consoles. I kept, I looked over at all of them, seeing how much, and my guess is that they're gonna sell at least 11 million this year. It'll be a lot less uh, than their uh, 18 million, but they're still gonna hit them at the 100 million. I, I was gonna say between 10 and 12 myself. Because I think they will definitely hit that this year, which is huge. And what's interesting about that, too, is if you look at their top 10 games of December, first of all, you had um, PUBG uh, coming in at the number one spot for digital. Now, this is digital only, as far as I know. I mean, well, PUBG is digital only, I believe. I don't think there's a physical PUBG. No, I believe. But well, there might be for Xbox, but might be for, yeah. our Sony is only digital. And so this is a digital-only list. But what's shocking to me, Grand Theft Auto, you know, older than the console itself, still coming in at number three. <laughs> so Yeah, and it's been as old as it is. It's still on the uh, most sold game of the year. It's the it's the it's the Mario Kart of. Uh, I mean, well, it's not nothing like Mario Kart, but I mean, it's the as far as sales wise for how like it just the, doesn't die. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like when you look at Mario Kart, like uh, that's my my comparison. You know, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch. We're at like 12 or 13 million for that game alone. And you combine it with the 8 million from the Wii U, and it's basically the same game. You're at 20 million for that game. Huh. And the the Wii version is still, believe it or not, actually selling. <laughs> huh. So the Wii version is at 36 million. And that uh, up to about last year, that was still even charting, which is crazy. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting time we live in for, for that, as far as that goes. And my, yeah. my favorite, though, was for the, their classics games, Bully was sitting in at number seven, and I love that game. So <laughs> it's my bragging, yeah. my bragging points here. So kind of what weird do we to have other list. than that? So I, I just want to finish you, up. Yes, yes, you, you had on. an interesting segment for us tonight. Well, before we move on, I just want to finish up with the Sony topic there. That uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off, and yeah, <laughs> I demanded we go it. to the next topic. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I just want to, so my little um, estimate there, they're going to sell about 11 million, and that will put them over the 100 million mark, and that will put them right at, at the end of the year, right over the PlayStation 1. So they're going to overshoot. It's guaranteed that they're going to overshoot the PlayStation wow. 1 by the end even maybe before the end of this year. And to think though, they outsold the Vita and nobody thought that was possible. <laughs> yeah, that one's kind of <laughs> down there with the Well, it did better than the Wii U though. That's true. I but mean so we it can't was, <laughs> it was still completely unutilized at all. But I mean the Vita actually still does extremely well in Japan. Japan loves the Vita. Well, that's, that's actually where all you, of their games are all JRPGs. I would say if you go if you go into any, I mean, you go into Japan yourself. If you go into a game store, you see a lot of Vita games. Like yeah. you don't ever see any Vita games in the U.S. That's so because we don't really get them translated. They're all JRPGs where they don't translate the English for us, so they get them all, but we don't really have anything for but it. Yeah, Japan. Japan loves their portability. So yeah, and it's great for them. Just to finish up the topic too, there. So if PlayStation 4, well, it already is up there, but it'll overshoot the PlayStation 1. That'll put the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 4, and the PlayStation 1 in the top five best-selling console lists. Oh, wow. They're you said the PlayStation 5? Is that what you just said? I, just, I swear bad. I heard PlayStation. 
PlayStation 2, 4, and the 1. My mistake. Oh, you said top 5. I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, I did you say so. PlayStation 5? I'm like, no, that's not out yet. How could it be the best like, when it's not out yet? Well, if they move... Pre-orders up, are huge. <laughs> they might go and take all those spots. They're looking to fill up all the top 5 slots. That's interesting. I mean, it's interesting it could be done. It's It could definitely be done. Um, Sony's had a good run, so I can't... I mean, they've they've consistently delivered, so it's definitely something that's good for them, and they have really good exclusives. So, uh, it's your move, Microsoft. Your move. Yeah. And before we do move into my uh, list of what we were talking about, I do want to throw just some quick game facts in there that I found really interesting. That uh. Yeah. So was, did you know? Do you know? I've been doing some doing some research and going back old school gaming you know pac-man we played pac-man yes, a lot yes i love pac-man i just learned didn't know every time you eat one of the regular dots on the map the little pellets that he eats he stops moving for 160th of a frame a second and that's what huh. slows his progress to allow the ghost to catch you so if you're running from the ghost do not take the path with the do pellets. not take the path that has the pellets because then that's how they yeah. kill you because he's got to slow to down to eat because he's got to, he's getting fatter each time he gets, yeah. you know, so <laughs> he gets another, out of breath. Yeah. Another quick thing in here is that, um, so Half-Life, Metal Gear Solid, GoldenEye, Fallout, Banjo-Kazooie, Prey, these were all things that, like, they were Duke Nukem Forever. That was another one I forgot about. They were all revealed at the E3 1997. I didn't know. Wow. I was looking back at all D3s, and I found all these games that were put out back then. And, like, look at the games like Fallout or something. They didn't even come out. Like, Duke Nukem Forever, that was released. That didn't come out for 14 years after 1997. That's and then, so... And Prey, that just insane. came out not too long ago now. Yeah, that's a shocker to, to actually, if you look back and actually see that, that is shocking because that's, I, 1997 was such a weird time period for games because we were in the huge transition around that time. Because yeah. we're going from the 16-bit era, or the 32, well, I'm sorry, my brain is completely, the 16 and 32-bit area to, you know, having, you know, Laura Croft and her triangles. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> those were huge improvements. Yeah. No, I, I did not mean to make more. that as a pun, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, save some time. I'm just going to cram this one in there really quick, too, that I just found this really interesting, that uh, they actually did studies, brought scientists and people who were all big on gaming. They found... We already knew this. We've been arguing this for a while. But playing video games trains people to make the right decision faster without lo loss of accuracy. Video yeah. game players develop a heighter, heightened sensitivity to what's going on around them, which helps them multitask driving and keep track of friends in a crowd and navigate around a town. And to back this, yeah. they had the scientists that were even doing these kind of research in Berlin, they asked adults to play Super Mario 64 over a period of two months for 30 minutes a day, and the group showed increase in gray matter. They were scanning their brains like every day after doing it, and they found that the gray matter increased first the people who didn't play that game. So, you know, that's interesting you bring that up, too, because that is something I will absolutely 100% say that I would agree with, because 
if you think about it, you know, you have to, in a lot of games, you have to make a lot of split-second decisions. So, of course, you're programming your brain. It's the same reason I watch subtitles with movies. And a lot of people give me flack for Uh, that. I watch them because I'm half deaf, but we all have our own reasons. I, I mostly watch them because it helps your brain out in ways because... Say you, someone says something in a movie that you don't know what the heck that word means. But then when you're reading it as they're saying it, your brain subconsciously starts connecting that together. So it also increases your vocabulary and it increases your ability to be able to just, you know, say, you know, not say big words, but to <laughs> your reading comprehension. It yeah. really helps a lot with your reading comprehension because you hear these big words or you hear phrases or something you're not familiar with and then it makes you a better reader so that's why even if i had kids i would encourage them to watch their tv shows with subtitles and help with their reading ability so i can see the same thing translating for video games speaking of video games if you're done with your did you know section yeah yeah we can move on now here okay we're talking about video games of course because it's a video gaming podcast duh (laughs) um what we were we're discussing our top 10 of 2018, yeah. not necessarily games that released in 2018, uh, but games that we played predominantly in 2018 and made up the bulk of our... Yeah, all the games so. that we finally got to, that we played, and that we really enjoyed. All right, well, so let's start it with our... Um, do you have yours in, like, order 10 to 1? Or? Yeah, so I figured we'll start out at um, 10, and we'll build our way up to number 1, 1 being the best, and we'll do the best last. All right, well, compare and contrast. So, okay, so I guess I'll start with my number 10. For me, technically, uh, this game did come out in 2015, but since it had a remaster, not remaster, sorry, a port to the Switch, it counts as a game for 2018, because I said so. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I talk about Captain Toad Treasure Tracker as my number 10. Uh, The reason I ranked it at 10 is because I felt that it actually was an improvement, because... the Wii U gamepad was ridiculous, let's be honest. Yeah. And having to rely heavily on that for that game was a nightmare. But uh, for the Switch, it actually translated very well. And it added levels from, it repla- it added levels from uh, Super Mario Odyssey. And uh, it's a great platformer. Uh, Captain Toad can't jump. So I put it at number 10 because it was a very enjoyable game. Hmm. What do you got for 10? I got 10, which might people might not like. But I don't. I don't. I still liked it. I got it's number ten. It's not that high in the list, but I still really enjoyed it. Is Fallout seventy six? Oh wow, right that's a sh- that's a controversial choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I guess it. It was really bad. Had a lot of glitches and all that, and was annoying. But it was still a Fallout game. I still really enjoyed it. That's why it's only ten on my list. It's at the bottom of the barrel, but it still made the list. Hmm. So let's move on to nine. Nine. I had a. Uh, I had Mega Man Eleven for number nine, uh, oh, which was man. for me. Um, I know some people were mixed on Mega Man Eleven. Actually, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought uh, it, it felt to me like a, a return to what Mega Man should be, whereas you had something that was terribly reviewed, like Mighty Number no. Nine. You know, like the spiritual successor. <laughs> yeah, I looked at that. I played that. It wasn't that great. Um, but yeah, Mega Man 11, it, it brought back, you know, the challenge that Mega Man games had, uh, but brought, yeah. I believe it brought some new abilities to the series. Uh, I, I'm not really 
too big on Mega Man, but uh, so I can't say, oh, yes, this was new. Um, But yeah, I I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was well worth being my number nine spot. And uh, did you play it at all or? See, it would probably be on my list if I got to play it this year, but I did not get around to playing it yet. Next year. You can put it on your list next year. There we go. That'll work. (laughs) What you got for nine? Nine, I got after they remastered it and well, not remastered, but finally completely redid it is No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Yes, I remember you were huge into that. And uh, once they finally yeah. fixed it up, it made it my list now. Well, you know, it was good that they fixed it up because I felt the game always had potential. And I'm not just saying I'd be on the trend of, hey, I'm on the cool train now. No Man's Sky is cool. But when you saw like the initial trailers for it, it looked like it had potential. And I think that's why people were excited about it is because it did have. But then when it got released, it was like, the heck is this? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah it did so now that down. they fixed it and made the improvements, yeah, I, I could say it. I'd agree with that. Yeah, it was, it's definitely a lot better now. So how about so for, what's it? Eight? Eight. I had Arena of Valor, uh, which oh, came wow. to it was mobile originally. But in 2018, came to the Switch. I was a beta tester for the game, which was fun. Uh, but then it came out shortly after that. It's free to play. Very much similar to Heroes of the Storm, which I love. It's going to make me uh, miss Heroes, that's for sure. Yeah, basically, uh, I mean, while it's not perfect, you know, they are, they're generous with their rewards and things like that. So they, you know, if, you're, if you feel like doing the grind, you can, because there are characters to purchase and things, as in those games, are expensive and pricey. But... Not bad. As for like being a Heroes of the Storm knockoff without requiring a high PC, you know, it's, it's pretty good. That's what I'm calling it. Putting it at number eight. <laughs> nice. Well, I got number eight. Uh, going back to grinding out some crops and everything, I got Farming Simulator 17. Oh, wow. That was one I did not expect. Yeah. But... I, I really like my simulator games, and Farming Simulator was a lot of fun. How does that compare to something as grand and amazing as Farmville? (laughs) Oh, man. It's like Farmville on a whole different scale. Might have to check it out. I'm already pumped for 19. 19? Oh, you mean the game night. I was like, what (laughs) list are you going where you go to 8 to 19? Farming Simulator 19. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, it's not not Goat Simulator. Uh, Anyways... (laughs) Which is my number seven. No, it's not. Uh, my number seven is A Way Out. Uh, hmm. I know the developer of A Way Out. It's a, a little out there himself, but uh, the game actually played very interestingly. Uh, you needed two people to play it, which was fantastic, and uh, created a whole new way to play the game. In the beginning, it was a bit slow. I will say the first few chapters are kind of terrible. I'm not going to lie. But as the game progressed, it actually became... Quite, it told a great story and had some great c- gameplay mechanics. I think if they ever go the route of a sequel, it could really they could flesh it out and make it a lot better. And uh, See, I so. would really like that once I finally get it and play it. That'd probably make my list too because that was the type of game that I love. That whole concept. Yeah, it was great because there was you know you needed to. It was a great co-op game. It was it, what we're missing is a really good co-op that needs to actually be co-op. So it's nice to see that. You know, we can have a co-op game that lives up to the name of needing to have two people. <laughs> yeah, true. So I got for my number seven is a game that came out a while ago, but every year it keeps building upon, keeps on growing. I got Final Fantasy fourteen online. Oh wow, Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, 
It just had, just this month even, had its new DLC just come out. That's crazy that it's still having, you know... I mean, it's well, a, I mean, I haven't played it, so I break. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I was never the hugest Final Fantasy fan, I'm not going to lie. But um, <laughs> yeah. I know most of the games get positively reviewed. There's a few that we will not mention right now. Okay. <laughs> That's another podcast, another day. <laughs> yeah. The flop podcast. Um, Six, 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 right? Six. Uh, I had Unraveled 2. Cute uh, little game. Uh, I think it was by, was it by EA maybe? I don't know who my developers so, are. So how much did you pay for it and then pay after you got it? <laughs> how much? I had all those loot boxes. for it? How much are you still paying? No, I uh, actually, I got it on sale. I got it as a bundle with Unraveled 1. So it was like $7.99 for the bundle. And I'm like, heck yeah. Because I wanted to play it. It, it, was, it was a game that got us a right after three uh and you basically play it it's kind of like the equivalent of kind of what do you call that little big planet where it says instead of having sack boy you have like a little yarn yeah and it's also another co-op which is which is uh wasn't a bad game so huh. definitely enjoyed that what was yeah. your number six i got for my number six was bloodborne was... oh bloodborne yeah i didn't think of that yeah part of the soul series it was a really good one i actually liked it more than the souls games I almost put the Dark Souls remastered on my list, but as an honorable mention, speaking of games like that, so... <laughs> yeah. Alright, well, number five, which... Or, uh, I'm number five, sorry. I forgot my order here. I had Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, number five. Ultimate, huh. Yeah, I, got... I, uh, I was impressed. I thought it was going to suck. I thought it was just going to be a fan service game. Uh, but it actually... You know, it was nice that they didn't give you everyone at the beginning. You had to unlock the character. So I felt there was, they added a new spirits mode, which is a little goofy, but, you know, it wasn't a bad game. It played well. It was one of the better smashes. Yeah, that's nice. I got for my five a game that actually came out last year, but this one is, it came out this year's the DLC. The Destiny 2 Forsaken came out this year. Yes, was... and that was free a couple months. Well, not the DLC, but the game was free yeah. a couple months ago. And oh, Forsaken I forgot to pick it up. <laughs> oh, man, you missed. See, I, I really know. like it. And Forsaken just added so much more to it. And it's really not a good. big first-person shooter fan, but I mean, I was going to play it just because, hey, it's free. Yeah. So <laughs> can't pass out on free. And like 20 gold trophies. I think like there's 28 trophies in the game. 20 of them are gold. Um... Well, yeah, speaking of free, I almost put Laser Quest on my list as well. That was another hidden gem, but it, is, it wasn't good enough for my list. Uh, my number four, I kind of am going to break the rules here because I'm putting two games here, but they're very similar. Um, I put Friday the 13th and Dead by Daylight as my number four, um, even though Friday the 13th has a lot of uh, issues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be because of you is the only reason I played it, because you encouraged me to play it. Yeah. And then you stop playing it, and I don't stop playing it. So, <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, I played it about a year before you finally got it. When I got it, yes. there's no XP, double XP. The grind was so hard. And now, once I quit, it's XP, mm. double XP yep. all the time. Every weekend, pretty much. But no, and then I also ranked it with Dead by Daylight. Cause, uh, but the only difference is with Dead by Daylight is they are supporting it still, and they have new content coming. So yeah. it is making Dead by Daylight a little bit more appealing that there's more story coming and there's more dlc and there's more Dead by daylight just more things talking to do. about stealing jason yeah so i mean there, there's it, it may become the go-to game in the near future so i'm gonna keep an eye out for dead by daylight you may see it on my list next year at a higher ranking or it may not even be on there we'll see yeah so my number four is a game that it's done co-op the best way i've ever seen co-op done it's a game every other game should 
copy to do co-op like this is Ghost Recon Wildlands. Oh yeah, that was that was the one that you were streaming a lot of earlier this. Yeah, yeah. Because that I still need to get that because that looks amazing. Not initially not my type of game, but when I saw you playing it, I was like, I need this. <laughs> yeah, it really. I mean, the story isn't that great. I, well, it's it's good, but when you're playing co-op, it's hard to pay attention to the story. But the gameplay is amazing, and the, the, the way it well, plays. That's out. what I'm saying. When I saw your stream, um, you know, on your Twitch, I was like, this is something I want to play. I still haven't gotten it, but I, I intend to get it. So, yeah, that's it's gonna be on my list. So I'm gonna get one. it, and we're we're gonna play it, and I'm gonna fail at it, <laughs> like I do anytime yeah. I'm a noob to something. There we go. We want to talk about work. the Fortnite disaster. Um, <laughs> Good old Fortnite number one. But, so what do you got uh, for number, number three? Number three, I have a game called... Is, uh, this is actually a fun tidbit. Uh, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. Hmm. Uh, if you don't know... I mean, I, it's a popular indie game. It, it's just kind of more kind of a Google it kind of thing. It's, it's a platformer. And uh, it sold the most on the Switch. So there's that little bit of tidbit information. Just wanted to throw that out there. because It's an indie game that... Switch does well with indies. So I'm not going to say much on it because I want to get through our list here. But what was your number three? My number three, no surprise to anyone, was Spider-Man. That game. Oh, I almost put that on my list, but I didn't play it. So I can't really <laughs> list it. <laughs> yeah, I can't true. list it fairly if I didn't play it. Got to uh, play it first. But it almost <laughs> took Game of the Year, and it was definitely really good. From what I've seen of gameplay, it actually, it, it did exceed my expectations. I, I thought it was going to be terrible because those those types of games could be hit or miss. And uh-huh. I, I've but played the Spider-Mans for a long time, and I always love when it's open world. I love them. My favorite Spider-Man was the the second one on PS2. PS2? Yeah, that one was the I've, best. We get to explore New York. Oh, I was addicted to that for the longest time. That was probably the but, best one until this one. Right, number two, I have Dad of War. I mean, God of War, Dad of Boy. Good old Dad of God, War. God of War. <laughs> uh, See, game of the Year, obviously, but I put it at number yeah. two because that's how I put Game of the Year. See, uh, that would probably be number one on my list if I had gotten around to playing it, but I haven't gotten around to playing it yet. You know, I, I pushed it off for a while. I was like, you know, this is going to be terrible, but it's, it's I, I was impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, it... It was goofy at first. There was elements of it, to be honest with you, that kind of uh, it really felt like um, God of the Last of Us at some points because, you know, (laughs) instead of having Ellie be annoying as all hell, you have a boy be super annoying. So, (laughs) yeah. But what'd you get for number two? Number two, I had a throwback to Super Nintendo days, actually. It's a remastered game that they just brought out this year from a game from Super Nintendo, and that's Secret of Mana. See, yes, I would not, I did not play it, but I remember hearing about this remaster. Yeah, I played, that's probably one of the games I played the most back on Super Nintendo a long time ago, that, Castlevania, we won't get in that list now, but I played this so much, and now the remake was amazing. I loved it. So, speaking of that, remakes are amazing. Um... we could wrap up our podcast here with our number one. So if we have a dramatic drum roll, there, drum roll, do, 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 no, sorry, uh, <laughs> fits for a drum roll. So we will close out our podcast, I believe, because we're almost over our time. But, a little um, bit over. Uh, drumcast, a drumcast. Number one for me, I went with Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Mm, good old Spyro. Uh, it brought back some memories. 
So it may be nostalgia clouding my judgment, but actually, as far as a remaster went, it looked amazing visually, and um, it didn't seem to have an added challenge. They didn't seem to make it hard. The Crash Bandicoot remaster, like where the game just seems so much harder, and I don't remember Crash being that hard. Yeah. Um, but it, it held together nicely, and the game aged well. So it looked good, played well. I ranked that number one. Huh. Well, there you go. That's another one I still got to get to. A lot of your games I got to get to yet. <laughs> it's so, usually the opposite. It's usually you've played them all, and I'm the one behind. <laughs> yeah, I guess I've been. Well, I guess I've been switching and playing completely different games this lately. But so, number one, wrap number it up with your number one. My number one is actually a game that came out last year, but the DLC came out this year, and it was the very first game I played in 2018. It was January, like January 1st, I got it of 2018 and it was my very first platinum of the year and that was near automata and yes which you were a very big proponent of having for be game of the year last year yeah i was well 2017 when it first came out that's where i was oh yeah the year then. sorry the 20 yeah. oh, that, that was 2017 damn wow yeah it's yeah. going fast time. yeah <laughs> i was pushing i really wanted it to be the game of the year then but yeah, it, but something called breath of the wild kind of beat a tar um, yeah, which you know, I, I like Breath of the Wild. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it deserves to be on the pedestal it's on. Just saying. Yeah, I actually felt this will be probably make a lot of people mad, but I was an old school Zelda fan, probably one of my favorite game series, and I yeah. feel like they keep declining game after game. They keep going down. Well, it kind of did if you think about it, like because it it added things that were new to Breath of the Wild, but was not at all new to like open world RPGs. So yeah, and then people praised it like it was like the second coming of the Lord and (laughs) it really wasn't so, but it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't worth the hype in my opinion, but that's me. That's our uh, top tens of 2018. We'll see what we have next year, but yeah, so I guess we are almost, we are over our time. So we need to close this over already. Oh yeah. Well, we, we gotta, but we had a lot of content. So that's why. And speaking of content, if you want to have suggestions, we are on Facebook. Uh, the Gamer Jester's Facebook. We also, if you use Twitter or any of the social media networks, when you want to talk about us, hashtag, hashtag Gamer Jesters. Send yeah. us a tweet. Send us a Instagram or whatever, whatever you <laughs> Actually, guys use. I don't know if we have Instagram yet, but we'll get on there. Yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get more known. We, right now, Twitter and Facebook, Facebook. And yeah, so you can find those places. Well, you got this. But yes, thank you for listening. And again, like like us on social media. It helps out a lot, guys. And if you like the podcast, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Let us know what we could improve on. Anything uh, else you want to hear is about. Helpful, so. Yeah, or anything else you want us to hear talk about. Suggestions. We're receptive to you guys. So we, we wouldn't be here if people didn't listen to us. Until we then. have no reason to do this. <laughs> yeah, that's true that would be that would just be us sitting here talking to ourselves pretty much 